looking at here shortly. All right. And except, except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. What does that tell you right there? Sister Erica, what does that tell you right there? Elaborate. It's going to be bad. Just explain it to me because it's like somebody ain't never heard it before. And we know the things fixed to get so bad because they would they would give in to the torture. They could not endure. See? Perfect. Okay. See? Everybody understand that? Everybody get a clear understanding that? Says, come on, show you get that? You look bewildered. Okay? Okay? Oh, no, 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 no. No. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they're not going to make it. Yeah, I mean... But those that are, yeah, those that are not, it's not shortened. They ain't going to make it. But the days have been shortened for the very elect's sake. It's going to be the end. Nobody's going to make it past that. But he said, if, we, if I didn't cut it off right there, even the very elect, like you and I, it's going to be so bad, we could not endure it. We could not make it. So instead, the Lord cut the whole thing off. He's coming right then. There was going to, the time was not, the end was not going to be yet. The end was going to be further down the road. But because it's going to be so bad on this earth that the very elect would not be able to endure it because technology shall be increased. It's increased, you see. It's going to be so bad that there's no way we could endure it. He absolutely knows it. Exact because he knows it all. He knows it. It's happened already. In his in, in in him it's happened already. He knows exactly how it's going to be. He could tell you the date, the time, the number, I mean the second that the last hair from somebody's head's going to fall. He could tell you the exact time you're going to do this, that, whatever you're going to do, because he knows the ending from the beginning. So he's he's saying here that except that the Lord had shortened them days and come early, that there's no way even the very elect would not make it. None, no flesh could be saved. Okay? None, including us. Okay? But for our sake, the ones that He has chosen, not only called, but He's chosen us, He had shortened those days. Now, if you are found worthy to escape all these things and you're exceptional, you know, God did come for some exceptional people. Throughout life, he came for Noah and his family. He came for Elijah, and he came for Enoch. See, he translated them because why? Because Enoch was called the friend of God before he came, and Elijah, the Lord just came and got him. He was pleased with Elijah. And he loved Elijah, and there were very few left in the land at that time. And for our sake. God has shortened the days. So those that are still alive and remain until the very end, for their sakes, God has shortened those days. See? They think it's the rapture. It's not the rapture. This is the end of it. Yeah, or in the middle of it. In the middle. This is the mid-trib guys think that this, this is going to happen in three and a half years in the middle of the tribulation. Yeah, they don't either. That's the problem. 
Yeah, they don't understand either. Okay. Now, and then, if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. For false Christ, now here the Lord is talking about false Christs. And false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. In the very end of this thing, there's going to be a lot of spirits moving and shaking around. So, Sister Terry, if you're still here, hopefully you won't be. But if you're still here during the tribulation, and somebody shows up and said, Hey, it's me, Jay. They call me Jay. My name is Jesus. Yeah, don't buy it. Don't believe that nonsense. If you see signs and wonders and miracles and all that kind of stuff. So let me ask you a question. If you see somebody over there calling fire down out of heaven, over here in Plantersville, and he says he's Jesus, you believe him? Why not? That's right. Never lose sight of that. He's not coming back. He's not going to put his feet on this earth until we're with him. We're coming with him. Now, so they're going to show signs and wonders. And the Bible said to seduce if it were possible. See, and let me tell you something. For a whole lot of people, it's going to be possible. Why? Because they're not getting this message right here. Nobody's emphasizing this message. They just read through it, but they don't stop and talk about it like we're going through it right now. They don't stop and really emphasize this and say, this right here is a deal breaker, folks. Don't let this mess seduce you into believing that it's Jesus just because he can perform miracles. Let me, say, let me tell you something. Satan is a powerful adversary. Never underestimate Satan. He's got a lot of power. Matter of fact, there's only one that's got more power than him, and that's God. And he's been given power to make war with the saints and to what? Overcome them. With the saints and to overcome them. Remember that. So it don't matter if he's bouncing fireballs off heaven, levitating above the ground, flying up into clouds, whatever he's doing. It don't matter. We will see him in our flesh. Matter of fact, I don't know how that's going to work when we meet him and and how it's going to transform and all that. I don't know. That's some of the mysteries of godliness. But Job said, those skin worms eat my flesh and destroy my flesh and eat this body and all that kind of stuff. Or whether I give my body to be burned yet in my flesh shall I see God. See what I mean? So I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know. That's above my pay grade. If I get a raise, I'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get a raise to a different pay level, man. I'll let you know. I ain't never going to leave this church right here. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Man, you know, I tell you what, just whatever God has for me, I'm I'm all for it. Okay, now, so please bear in mind that church, as strong as we are, and it's easy to say standing on this side of chaos and, and tribulation and all that, how strong and mighty we are. Never, never, never think more highly of yourself than you ought to. I mean, you better think soberly, and you better think, man, you better use your, you better use your good sense, because I'm going to tell you right now, buddy, when, when all this starts happening, uh, it's going to get ugly real quick, and it's going to get rough. It's going to get rough, real rough. But take ye heed, behold, I have foretold you all things. See that? That's why he did it. He said, look, Take heed. Take ye heed. What does that mean? Yeah. Listen. Listen. Take it in. Understand what it is I'm saying and be ready for it. So when it happens, it don't catch you off guard. You see what I mean? Make sure that you hear what it is I say and take heed. In other words, respond to it. Let it move you to action. Remember, Noah moved with fear. That's something he'd never heard of or seen before in his life. And for a hundred years, that man worked on that ship, not one drop of rain. That's a long time to endure. You know what I mean? That's a long time for people to be sitting there calling you an idiot. And here you're an old man out there working in that hot sun, boy, working every day, every day, every day on something that ain't never been seen before, over a mission that ain't never been heard of before, and yet you still, still out there pushing ahead. But, buddy, when that cloud, it, when them clouds came in, and that wind started blowing, and that rain started falling like you ain't never seen a rain, boy, people wasn't, man, I'm going to tell you what, buddy, when the rain started falling... You ever been in a rain where you had to absolutely stop on the interstate because you couldn't go any further? You had to pull over me. There's no way you could even drive another inch. Imagine that times a hundred. On every square inch of the entire planet for 40 days and 40 nights. Not only that, but water coming up from the deep as well, coming up from the earth just as fast. When God shakes things up, yeah, this earthquake that's coming, I can't even wrap my mind around what that's going to be like, because that was coming from God. And it's an earthquake such as has never been felt on this earth before. The Bible declares it. Yes, but they ain't going to know anything about that. They see these signs and lying wonders, and they're going to think it's him. That's how the Antichrist is going to deceive them, and the beast is going to all deceive them. And they're going to think it's the Lord, and they're going to bow to that 
to the Antichrist. It has to do with it. Yeah, it's kind of part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know... There are many facets to the great falling away. The great falling away is those that are of the church of the living God. But part of the falling away is going to be when those people that have brought lies and prophesied lies in His name and taught false doctrine and all that kind of stuff, and then when they see that, hey, you know, why were we not raptured out of here? You know, all this stuff's coming against us and... And this is happening, that's happening, and we should be gone by now. Evidently, this is not real. See what I mean? That's part of the falling away. Another part of the falling away has already started a long time ago. Amen. And we're just now getting to the beginning of sorrow. Some people think we're already well into it because they have to explain this stuff away that's coming. So they they think that, in other words, let me give you an idea. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Irvin Baxter thinks we're in the sixth trump right now. Well, there's seven trumps, and he thinks we're in the sixth trump right now and that because the Lord's getting ready to come back and rapture us out of here any minute. See, he's pre-trib rapture. And so in order for them to explain what he thinks, one of the trumps was uh, World War II and, and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But they have to be able to add up these things, so they have to go back in time and find certain things that happen to make them one of the trumps, you know, and, and line up with it so that they can make it all line up and then line up to what their time frame uh, is going to be. And they want their time frame to be uh, Sister Camacho's time frame. You know, like, oh, come, okay. Okay, Lord, like now. Mm-hmm. Okay, like totally, like come like right now. I don't know how you became a valley girl all of a sudden, but, yeah, like, totally. <laughs> That's bad when you're too young to even be a valley girl. That is, like, really, really young. Because you're, like, too young for that, right? <laughs> Still a little residue left over, I guess. I don't know. Because that was way after my time. Yeah, but anyway. All right, so anyhow, so people won't... They want all this to happen in their time frame. They've got to try to make their theory or their agenda work out. So that's the reason they do all this stuff. But the Bible tells us when this stuff is going on, wars and rumors of wars and all those things and pestilences and famines and all that stuff, it's the beginning of sorrows. This is the beginning of sorrows. This is what we're entering into, the beginning of sorrows. Okay, now, but take heed. He said, Behold... I have foretold you all things. So he warned us about it. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. In another place, he said he will bring in clouds that will close out, that will darken the, uh, the moon. The moon will not give her light and the, and the sun will not be seen. He's going to bring in clouds that will do that. Okay, now... And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. All right, now, 
Notice what he said here. Remember, remember, they shall, he shall send his angels, they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth, okay, that's those that are alive and remain, and he said the uttermost part of heaven, those that have already gone ahead before. Amen. And if you notice, when it talks about parts of heaven, and for your, for your sake, where it talks about the corners of the earth, that word means quarters. If you look it up in the Greek, it's quarters. During that time, they didn't have no idea what the word was, but the Bible calls the earth a sphere. And it is round. There's no question about it. Amen. The world is round. And the quarters of the earth, take a round globe or an orange, and you cut it in half like this and half like that. That's a quarter, that's a quarter, that's a quarter, that's a quarter. Same word means corner. Amen. In another place, it only calls it, it only calls it uh, quarters. Period. And every other planet on the entire in the entire solar system is round. How the, how these nuts came up with this flat stuff is crazy. Anyway, but it's not. Amen. It's a perfect sphere. And he hung it on nothing. Praise God. You know, they thought for years it was hung on columns. Galileo said it was on columns. But anyway. Okay. Then shall his angels and shall gather together his elect of the four winds from the uttermost parts of the earth to the uttermost parts of heaven. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is near. Okay, now, they're talking in this instance here. They're talking in this instance here about when, uh, when Jerusalem uh, was given back their statehood and all that. But you have to understand, as we talked about before, so in like manner you shall see these, uh, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is not even at the door. People put so much stock in this stuff trying to figure out, trying to figure out what time he's coming. But that's not what God put it in here for. He put this in here to give you a broad spectrum, a broad viewpoint of that when you see these things coming, you know that he is nigh at hand, even at the door. So in other words, that happened many, many years ago, but we know that when these things happen and all these things in the beginning of sorrows happens, the Lord said, when you see these things coming, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. Well, what does he mean by that? Just look up, sit on your couch, and just kind of sit and wait. No. He was trying to tell people, look, look up. He said, you need to be looking up because that's how quick I'm coming. Get yourself ready. See? Because blessed is he that the Lord findeth working when he comes. You see? Amen. So when you start seeing these things that God set in his word as signs of the end, you need to start turning up your walk and making certain that every minute you're ready to meet Jesus when He comes for you. Not only for this sake, but what if He counted you worthy to escape these things? And then He came for you, and you weren't at church. Or He came for you, and you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. Uh-oh. You need to be ready to meet Him. Because if, you, if he counted you worthy to escape, you sure don't want to miss that boat. Because the alternative to that, even if he still does take you later, the alternative to that, you don't want no part of that. Verily I say unto you that this generation 
shall not pass till all these things be done. There's a lot of people say, well, what do you mean, that generation? What do you mean? I don't understand that. What generation is he talking about? People try to say, well, the generation's 40 years. Not this generation, eh? What generation is that? Which generation are you talking about right there? Anybody? No, but that's a good, good answer. Let me help you out here. Nope. And that's good. That's good. But, and that, that also, but that's only 40 years, you see. So, that generation, the Bible says, shall not pass. What generation he's talking about? He's talking about the generation that we are in. The generation of the what? Of the new covenant. We are in the new covenant, and that generation shall not pass until all be fulfilled, until all things be done. The generation, the grace dispensation, the generation of the Gentiles coming in and all being included in this covenant that we are in, and this generation, who was he telling this to? He was telling this to the disciples. All the way back then. Let's go back up. So in like manner you shall see all these things come to pass. Know that it is not even at the door. Before that, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and put forth leaves. Now, okay. Now, in the generation concerning the generation that... Oh, generations 40 years in the Bible. Concerning the generation that uh, that was... Uh, uh, Alive when you see the the uh, the uh, fig tree, uh, the leaves become tender and all that stuff. That generation is just about past right now. So the generation that is talking about here, I believe to mean uh, the generation of of this dispensation that we're in. This this generation we were generated by God, created by God. We are a new creation. We are a new creature. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. And this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. All right. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son but the Father. Okay, so... Take ye heed, watch and pray. This is what he said right here. This is what we were talking about earlier. Where he said, take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. So you need to understand, as I was saying earlier today, don't get too caught up in all these seasons and times and all that kind of stuff and don't get too caught up in, in the book of Daniel and all those kind of things and start trying to split hairs and try, because those things are not as important as man has made them to be. Those were simply areas of parameter. Those were simply signs that he said, look, these are signs. When you see these things, it means start getting ready. 
When you know they've happened, you don't need a calculator to detect the time from that point to the end of it. Your end might be today. Just know you're living in the day and time Jesus is coming back. Okay, let's cut it off right there for... Uh, wait a minute, let me go on through here. Where does this go to the end of it? 34? 37, Okay. For the Son of Man is, uh, is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the crowing, uh, cock crowing or in the morning. Now notice what it said right here. For the Son of Man... Uh, for the Son of Man is as a man take a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. What does that mean? That's right. He left every man, he, he went on a far journey, he left and gave authority to his servants. To every man his work. How many of you know you got work to do? Amen. And commanded the porter to watch. It's my job to watch. He said, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Amen. Well, this is the house of Israel. This is the modern day house of Israel. Amen. This is the church. Same thing house of Israel was. Watch ye therefore. For ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. We don't know when it's coming. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. See that? What I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. Okay. All right. We'll pick this back up. Lord, for another opportunity to be here tonight, Lord, I ask you to just give us, O oh God, the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word tonight, the spiritual eyes to see the path you laid out before us, and God, the wisdom, Lord, that we need to walk in that path. And we thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Praise God. We were talking the other night, amen, about get ready and stay ready. Praise God. And we're talking uh, in... in our base text is Matthew 24, talking about things that are happening now and things that are shortly to come, and about the end times and so on and so forth. And so uh, we were talking also about, you know, people seeking a sign. Bless you. Amen. And, uh, and how that uh, we have to be very careful, uh, you know, how we interpret and how we how we look at or how we receive the message of uh, the end time. Amen. And, and how that we look at those things and from what perspective we see them. Amen. All right. Now, so we left off at, brother, where was the last scriptures we left off at? All right, so back in the base text, at what chat? What? Um, let me see here. Verse ten. No, 
Okay, but okay, verse eight. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Let's back up a little bit. Verse six, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Amen. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. Notice it said they need to pass. But the end is not yet. And we went to Second Thessalonians, amen, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Now, then it says in verse 7 here, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. Now, we are seeing that happening all the time, more and more and more. Now, and here then the Bible says, uh, now in verse uh, verse 9, it says, Then, or, or verse 8, All these are the beginning of sorrows. Amen. Now, this is just the beginning of sorrows. Okay, so verse 9 then says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Now, who's it talking about? Deliver you up. Who's it talking about right there? Who was he talking to? Yeah, he was talking to his people. He was talking to the church. Then shall they deliver you up. Well, how in the world are they going to deliver you up if you're already out of here? Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. Hello? Well, you know what? That kind of does away with the mid-trib too, doesn't it? If it does away with the pre-trib, which means before any rapture, well, you're going to go through tribulation for three and a half years, and then Jesus is going to come get you out, Brother Edward. you got to have your three-and-a-half-year card. Once you've got your three-and-a-half-year card, you just keep that card in your wallet, and then three and a half years, you can cash that chip in when Jesus comes and said, you got three and a half year card. Got my card right here, Lord. Come on, go with me. Get in the wagon. But that ain't the way it works. He said, okay, so, so that, 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 that would bring in the uh, pre-trib. That null and voids the pre-trib because it said you're going to be in it. So then it's got to be mid-trib. All right, well, this does away with the mid-trib because the Bible said they would deliver you up to be afflicted. And shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations. Let's just take a little powwow about that, shall we? Let's just take a little walk down uh, S'mores Lane. My goodness. Let's just sit down at the campfire and chew on this just a little bit. Now, and ye shall be hated of all nations, for my name's sake. So what does that mean? Would that not include America? Well, now, wait a minute now. People don't hate, people ain't hating on Joel East, Osteen's people. People ain't hating on uh, 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 Baptist and the Methodist and all that. They ain't hating on them people. They ain't hating them people. They don't care a thing in the world about them people. You know why? Because they ain't no threat to them. Satan don't hate them people. They're on his side. They just don't know it. But I tell you who they do hate. They hate me. They hate you. They hate you, 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 and you, and all of you. They hate you. Why? Because you are a problem for the devil.
They don't hate none of these other so-called people. Why in the world would they ever hate a Catholic? Catholics, ain't do, they don't do nothing that's godly. They ain't going to get on somebody for drinking or smoking or doing anything like that. They ain't going to get on somebody for cussing, just go in there and say a few Hail Marys. Why in the world would anybody be against them? They're not. They're not against them. But the Bible said all nations. We will be hated of all nations. Well, I guarantee you all the nations of the world ain't going to have no problem with, with every religion in the world. There ain't no way. So who could it possibly be talking to? It's talking to us. For my name's sake, the people that are called by His name. That's His people. Let me tell you something. The devil knows the power in the name of Jesus. The devil knows where the power is. The Bible said, and he was, the Bible said that His name was called Jesus. He was given a name above every name. Praise God that His name, He said, of things in heaven. He said, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess of things in heaven, things in earth, and things beneath the earth. Under the surface of the earth. Hell. Hell's in the center of the earth. That's where hell's at. It's lava, folks. It's the lake of fire. You see some hell come out every time you see a volcano erupt. And you know what happens when a volcano erupts? Hell enlarges itself. Now, so the Bible said, and ye. Who's the ye? Ye shall be hated of all nations. Every nation on earth will hate us. They already do. But more so, it's coming. More so. You know why? Because the more the enemy gets control of people, the more they're going to see our separation. We're going to be the thorn in their flesh. We're going to be the ones. And you know the ones that's going to hate us the most? The ones that are closest to us. They're going to hate us the most. Why are they going to be the worst? Why? Because we're going to be the thorn in their flesh. We're going to be the one that stands against them. We're going to be the one that shows them, by them just taking the mark, you're going to hell. And they're going to know that we stand for that. And that they're going to have to do away with us to get rid of the guilt. Because there's no way, there's no way that they're going to be able to live with themselves as long as we're still alive. They will be the ones that that will deliver us up. They will be the ones that will deliver us up to be killed. The Bible says it. We're going to be hated of every nation in the world. Why? Because we're the only ones that are going to stand to the end against this chip and against the system. We are called the dissenters. We are the ones that they built all these prison camps for. And anybody that, and there's going to be others that stand against it, but they will be able to convert them. But we're the ones that will never go quietly into the night so they're going to have to get rid of us why 
because we're a problem for everyone. And the biggest problem we are is to the ones that know us the best. We're the ones that's going to really be a thorn in their flesh. That's right. And they'll no, they'll no longer be able to appease themselves. They'll no longer, as long as we're alive, be able to quiet that spirit in them that says they're right and you're wrong. They'll no longer be able to quiet that as long as we're alive on this earth. They're going to have to silence that voice. How many times, even right now, do the people that know you close their eyes and see your face? Close their eyes and hear your voice. And they wake up and say, dear, dear God. You know. And they don't want to say that they hate you. So what do they do? I hate that pastor. I hate that preacher. He's the one who did that to them. He did it. He's the one who took away my meal ticket. Everything was going good and then that preacher showed up. Took everybody out of my posh life and everything. Put them over in that place over there out in the woods. Come preaching some different thing. Now look at them. Hmm? Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to sound just like me. If you don't sound just like me, I'm not doing my job. And you know what? That's the way these other churches are too. They sound just like the pulpit. There's confusion in the pews because there's confusion coming out of the pulpit. There's clarity in these pews because there's clarity coming out of the pulpit. Just that simple. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Oh, buddy, it's going to be some confusion in the land. Going to be some confusion in the land. You mamas, you know, sometimes daddies don't have the effect that mamas do. Sometimes mamas don't have the effect daddies do. But I'll tell you what, it would do good for mamas to sit down with their children and say, Honey, I love you, and I know I'm, I know you don't want to be preached to all the time, and I'm sorry, but I love you, and I'm just going to tell you whether you believe it or not. I'm right, and this is one time you need to listen to your mother. You need to listen to your father. You need to listen to your mother. You need to get your behind in this church. And if you'll listen, and if you'll listen to this word, you will absolutely know that there is no other word, and it is the truth. You are smart enough to know what is right and wrong. I raised you to be able to make your own decisions. But you're making your decisions from outside the realm of truth. If you've not seen and heard the truth, you do not have the opportunity to make an educated decision. I know you have 
enough sense to make the right choice. But you've got to give yourself an opportunity to make that right choice. Before you can make an educated decision, you've got to hear both sides of the equation. You've already heard the garbage side of it. Come and listen to this side of it here, and you can make your own decision. Give it a chance. What do you got to lose? It ain't like we're going to hold you down and pray you through. It ain't like we're going to force the Holy Ghost on you. It ain't nothing like that. But if you can sit for 60 days, 60 days if you can sit two months through every service in this church, and you can walk away from that and say, no, I don't, I don't believe all that, I'll never bother you again. Never bother you again. You'll never hear me say one more word about it as long as you live. But I can tell you the truth, that is not ever going to happen. Because once you get in here and you hear that word coming across this pulpit, and you begin to see what's in that book that you never saw before in your life, and you begin to understand it, because an, there is an understanding of that word in this church. There's a spirit of understanding in this church. It ain't got the first thing to do with me. It's Him. You're going to hear this like you've never heard it before, and you're going to make the same choice I made. Because if you hear what's going on here, you hear this word. When you hear this word, there's only one choice can be made. And it's the right choice. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. It's coming. It's already happening. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? Huh? Oh, absolutely. Everybody's offended everywhere you look. Everywhere you look, people, that's what they live for, absolutely. Anything they can do to knock windows out and steal stuff. Anything, I could just shoot them. I'd just shoot them. That's what they ought to do. Shoot them. I don't care which who you are. Shoot them. Just flat shoot them. You going to come steal my stuff? No, you ain't. You're going to come out and say, I'm offended, so I'm going to tear up all these buildings that have nothing to do with why you're offended, and I'm going to walk in and steal all your stuff and take it to my house because I'm offended over some guy that died over here? You, <laughs> Can't even wrap my arm around that. How in the world? Whew, let's move on. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. We live in a world that hates one another. And they act like they love one another. They all walking around, walking around out there. I, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I watched a black guy the other day. All this Black Lives Matter stuff. All lives matter. But I watched a black guy say the other day, he was honest. And I, I hadn't heard any being honest in a long time in that movement. It's just another... Another way to have chaos and just do whatever you want to do. It ain't got the first thing to do with that guy that died but anymore. But anyway, the guy said, uh, he said, what gets me is all these white people running around here. It's a black guy talking. But honest guy. I like the guy. I was like, that guy right there needs to run for the presidency of Black Lives Matter. 
Because he can put a stop to all these nuts running around there, these white guys walking around like they're black people. And he's looking at them and saying, well, what's wrong with these people? That's what this guy said. What's wrong with these people? You ain't black. What are you doing out here? You know, and even the, even the white people walk around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? I don't know. Just yeah, you know. Yes. Let me tell you something. And, and I said, I, I was talking about this just the other day. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how life really works. This is the bottom line. It does not matter what color a person is. I've been 27 different colors in my life. Oh, yeah. Sister, I'm dark as you when I'm in the sun all the time. I'm still the same guy. Okay? I still do things the same way. I still say things the same way. It don't no more matter to me. Let me tell you something. People say, well, you know, you got all this in it. No, man. I ain't got all of nothing. Everything I got, I, it came the hard way, buddy. And there's a, look at all these uh, uh, black doctors and lawyers and judges and senators and governors and all these things. Man, them people was in the ghetto, man. They was in the hood. I listen to, uh, what's his name, uh, Steve Harvey talk too. I love that guy sometimes, man, because he just tells you straight up. He said, no, that's a hood answer right there. Ain't nobody going to put that answer up there. And they can't talk smack to him because he's from the hood. See what I mean? So he just tell them straight out. Listen, it don't matter where you came from. Where you came from don't dictate your life. Wasn't none of us born with no silver spoon in our mouth. You've heard what I had to eat when I was a kid, so I don't eat it now. Now, I could still be having to eat that mess if I wouldn't have got my butt up off my backside and done something about it. I told my mother when I was a kid, I ain't going to eat that mess. Never. When I get grown, I will never eat that mess in my life. And I looked her right in the face when I said it. She said, well, you better be rich. I said, I'll do whatever i got to do. I guarantee you it's going to happen. Didn't I? Mama told her. Ain't going to happen, folks. But I could have sat there and just never done anything. But I didn't. These people that are... Uh, it doesn't matter what color you are. A doctor is a doctor because he got up and worked his tail off to become a doctor. You don't just become a doctor. And they're, they're fabulous doctors because they gave more than the status quo doctors. You get out of this life what you put into this life. And it ain't got the first thing to do with color. You can sit back and blame somebody for this or for that. Dear God, do best you can with what you got. And I don't care what color you are, buddy, when you, when you get up and you show forth an effort, you're gonna do the best you can do, buddy, you got my vote. Period. End of story. I watch some of these black people, and I'm not getting on black people tonight, y'all know me better than that, I'm not prejudiced, but I watch a lot of black people sit around and whine about how they ain't got nothing, they're gonna, they're starving to death, they, we owe them everything, is what they say. But then I look at Sister Sharon, who works her tail off, Jack. 
I mean, she don't miss work. She's always working. She puts in tons of hours. She's faithful. She pays her tithes. She gives her time to the Lord. She meditates. She studies. She works. She studies the Bible. I mean, I have seen this woman in the past 150 years I've known her. I've seen people trample her under their feet. I've seen everybody else around her whine and moan and throw up their hands like everyone on earth owes them something. And I saw her working to support them and paying their bills. Not only her bills, but their bills. And she still took care of her business. Her life works like it's supposed to. Doesn't mean everything comes up roses, but it works like it's supposed to because she's not sitting around waiting on somebody else to take care of her. She's doing what she's got to do to make it happen. And God steps in and He catches her where she's short. Any, well, not short because she's really short. But, but anyway, see? She said, yeah, you could have gone all night and not said that. <laughs> huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that all along. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm beginning to think very few of them matter, though, that I've met. Yeah, very few of the white people I've met matter. I'm going to tell you, I'm plumb ashamed of my race. I'll tell you straight up, I'm ashamed of my race. I'm ashamed of these idiots, but I'm not going to apologize for being white. I can tell you that. Yeah, it is what it is. I didn't make me white. No, they don't. No, they don't. Every, every life is important. And it ain't got the first thing to do with color. What it's got to do with is, where's your ambition? Where's your get up and go, man? You know, quit talking about what you're going to do and get busy doing it. Life, people say life just happens. Yes, it does. You need to be happening too. Amen. Nobody owes me anything. And God sure don't owe me nothing. I'm not in hell today, thank you, Jesus. He's given me all He needs to give me. I'm not in hell today. Praise God, that means I still got a chance to make it home. People are looking every direction to try to blame somebody for their failures. Young people now are trying to blame us people that are older for their failures. We're the only reason that they ever had a chance to start with. Because if it was up to them, every last one of them would starve to death and die playing a video game. None of them have anything. They have nothing but what mom and daddy gave them. That's it. They're worthless as tits on a boar hog. That's a fact. Or 
are you kidding me? Dear God, try to teach them how to cook. What? Oh, 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 what is it? I'm having a nervous breakdown. Give her a pill, quick. Oh, I could teach them how to mop. Well, you know, the sad thing about it is, the real sad thing about it is, all these, all these elites think they're going to do away with us and put in, put in slavery the ones that are still able to uh, be their servants. That's why they're going through the gene pool to see who lives and who dies. They want your, they want your uh, DNA so that they know... Okay, well, you come from a, a line of, of, you know, aristocrats. You come from a line of, of, of achievers. And you come from a line of workers. We'll use you for the working class. We'll use you for, you know, you have some genes to, uh, to offer to uh, further the elite. They're doing the same thing Hitler did, just on a much bigger scale, and they're all together on it this time. So, yeah, and they're having you pay to get your... To get your uh, DNA samples and all that stuff. But you know what? It, it, uh, all these people, that are, they're not looking at this book right here, which tells them your plan is not going to work because God's going to put all of you in hell. It's not going to work. No, you're not going to, you're not going to rule the earth. God is going to rule the earth and you're going to hell. The part of earth you're going to get to have, have you ain't going to want it. You know, I listen. <laughs> I watch Family Feud sometimes when it's... I watch Family Feud sometimes, and it, I have to shut it off sometimes because it gets ugly. But, but I was watching the other day, and they said, uh, we surveyed 100 people, uh, and... Uh, What place do you go to, or what place uh, uh, that everybody, or that a bunch of people are at that they don't want to be there? The first answer was church. The first answer, and it was number one, church. And then two or three spaces down... Something nobody got. Hell. And I was I was saying, Lord, I would love to be standing there right now in front of Steve Harvey and all the world on this TV. Because I'd say, you know what? <laughs> That's kind of funny right there, Steve. What's that? <laughs> you know, the reason all them people that's in hell and they don't want to be there... A whole bunch of them are the same people that was at number one up there. They in hell today because they were the ones that was in church and didn't want to be there. I bet if you asked them right now, did they want to go to church, I bet you they'd have a different answer today. What do you think, Steve? They think it is the truth. 
but to them it's worthless. They don't want it. They don't want anything to do with God. They want to live like they want to do. The only thing they want to hear about God is that you're going home to be with Him for eternity. And if they, and I've heard people say that, yeah, they they don't want to. What do you mean we're going to have to go up there and worship Him? I just want to go be there. I don't want to go worship Him. They don't want to go worship Jesus and spend all their time worshiping Him. They just don't want to be in hell. They're thinking. This is a, a, a hundred-star hotel, honey, with golden streets. I'm talking about we're going to live the other life now. We're going to live like the other folks live now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's their utopia. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And they're going to hate one another. This is going to be the most hateful world you've ever seen in your life. I'm telling you right now, they're going to have... Have you ever seen these shows about uh, how that they take people? Well, it's like the Hunger Games. You ever see those shows? You know why they're showing them kind of shows? That's what this country's coming to. That's what the world's coming to. They're going to have the same thing. They've always had that. Throughout history, they've always had society using the death of others for sport. Even when they weren't doing Christians that way, they were using people for slaves or whatever, and they would fight to the death and things like that, people doing the thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, in these big coliseums, and they had coliseums all over the world. Then they started using the Christians, especially during the time of Nero. So that's coming. They're going to be making sport of that. You watch and see. Hopefully we're not here to see it, but that's coming. Yep, that's coming. History repeats itself. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. What's he talking about right there? Yep, preachers and pastors and evangelists. Yeah, they call themselves prophets and all that, and they call themselves, uh, you know, they call themselves all kind of things. But they're going to deceive many. You know, the people, even if they read these scriptures like this and they're sitting in the church, they have no idea the guy that's teaching them is the false prophet. They have no idea they've already been deceived. Joel Osteen, he's one of these guys right here. He is one of these. And shall deceive many. You think? How many do you think Joel Osteen's deceived? Just in the homosexual community alone, it's probably millions. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Somebody, somebody help me out with that. Because the iniquity, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Yeah. Before long, you have no longer you no longer have a natural affection. Yeah. And that's exactly when I got when I got in this, I had more love for my fellow man than I do today. But because iniquity has increased. 
a million times over, there's been a whole lot of my love that's gone south. I have no, I have no love left for this world, nor the things in this world, including the people of this world. Now, if somebody wants to come in here, bow their knee to the King that I serve, and get their get themselves lined up with this word right here, then I can certainly love them people. Amen. With a godly love. Amen. But until that, because iniquity has abounded and abounds every day in this life, you're not just going to automatically by default get my love. You're going to have to show me something. And let me tell you something else. You ain't going to get Jesus' love like that either because you've already shown him. Now you're going to have to change what you're doing and show him something different. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you love him, he will love you. So many people mistake the Scripture that says, uh, you know, that uh, uh, if you, uh, whether you do it or not, you know, he still abides the same. What was that? Yep, he abides faithful. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, amen. The love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Why is that word endure there? If you ain't going to go through none of this, what in the world is there to just uh, uh, to uh, endure? Amen. Matthew 10, 21 through 22, brother. Verse 10 up here where we read a while ago. says, And then shall many be offended, shall betray one another, men shall hate one another. Yep. 21 through 22. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Now, I want you to look at that. It ain't just the children delivering the parents up to death. It's the, it's the, it's the fathers and mothers delivering their children to death. What fathers and mothers would be delivering their children to death? Huh? It would be mothers like yours. It would be mothers like yours that don't believe what we believe. And when it comes down to it, and say, you know what? If you know somebody, if you know where she's at, if you know where they're at, you better tell us. Or we're going to kill you. Or we're going to take all your food away. You're not going to have anything to eat. We're going to watch you. We're going to watch you starve to death. We're going to watch all your great grandchildren be dashed. And we're going to dash them against the wall and kill them. Where are they at? See, that's how it's going to get. And that's when parents are going to deliver the child up to death. Amen. The children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. What does that mean to endure to the end? What did Paul say? Paul said, I have fought a good fight. 
I have finished my, for, uh, my, my course. I have kept the faith. That's what it means. He that endures to the end, you've kept the faith. You stayed in the path. You kept moving forward. You didn't let nothing turn your head. All right, now, back. Brother, go back to the... Give me what? Well, tell you what. Give me next. Give me Galatians 6 and 9. Galatians 6 and 9. Now, we know this Scripture. We know it well. In verse 13 of our base text, But he that shall endure the end, the same shall be saved. Here's Galatians 6 and 9. says what? And let us not be weary in well-doing. What you're doing right now, church, is well-doing. What you're doing right now is the right thing to do. Don't you think so, Brother, uh, Brother Victor? It's the right thing to do, isn't it? It's going to get harder than you've ever even imagined to do what you're doing right now. But you know what? The Bible said, be you not weary in doing this. Don't get weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. Because why? For in due season ye shall reap what? If ye faint not. Winston Churchill said one time, and I heard it again today, if you find yourself in hell, keep going. You find yourself going through hell, keep going. You're going to get through it. Now, I don't mean hell after it's all over with. I mean going through a place in this life, storms of this life that you would call hell as people do. Keep going. Amen. You're going to get to the other end of it if you faint not. You can either stop and sit there and die in it, or you could keep moving forward and plow your way through it and get to the other side of it. Praise God. All right. Back to the base text, brother. All right. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then, everybody say, then shall the end come. Now, let me get your thoughts on that. What's your thoughts on that, Brother Quick? When do you think this is? The gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached on every square inch of the entire planet to every people that live and breathe, including... Oh, yes, absolutely. Everyone... Yeah. Every jungle, there's nobody left on this earth that hadn't seen human. None. That's right. Yes. Every... You can look them up. You can look up tribes and all that kind of stuff. There is not any part of this earth that has not been 
reached by civilization. Even in areas where a lot of them went there and some of them got eaten by people that were uh, cannibals. Yeah. But they still went into those places. There's not any people that have not been reached. And missionaries have gone and given their lives through the centuries to a lot of these different places. And that's a fact. Right now, right now, there has never in the history of this world been as much money put into missions as there is right now. There are missionaries that have gone to every square inch of this world and carried the message. If you think that some little spot in New Guinea or somewhere like that, some tribe in the midst of a forest somewhere, amen, that is, is going to hold up the entire world, ain't going to happen. God's already sent them there. Amen. They have had means to be witness to, or if there's people that have it, somewhere through the somewhere through the genomes and all that kind of stuff, somebody had the opportunity, and maybe they're just a cursed people that are cursed. Maybe they worship other gods and things like that. Who knows? But I'm telling you right now, where we're at right now, where we are right now in this book, we're past that. We're past this. Where we are right now, we're past this. The gospel has been preached in all the world. Amen. For us to be coming, for us to have come to the place we have come, where all these other things have taken place, we are past that. But, now, by what you just said right there, you opened up a, you opened up a big uh, uh, opportunity right here for me to capitalize on that because let me tell you something. It's that same look on your face right there. And it's the same thing just came out of your mouth right there that everybody on the earth wants. That's why they like this kind of stuff right here. They love it because they can justify themselves to live like hell and keep doing whatever they want to do because they say the end can't come yet because there's still people that hadn't heard it. What about this over here? What about somebody in the jungle? What about uh, 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 my Bebo that lives over under the, uh, uh, the Zulu tree over in Zulu and he hadn't heard it yet so there ain't no way Jesus can come yet which means I can still go about doing whatever it is I want to do. I ain't got to worry about it because Jesus ain't coming yet. That's why they love end-time prophecy. That's why they want to know it. It ain't because they want to know what's going on. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't give you all this information just so you know uh, 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 everything's going on so that, so that you would know exactly what time is coming back. And you know what happens is? People get their head on this right here. And you know what they take their mind off of? They take your mind off what's ticking right inside that chest right there. That's what's going to take you to heaven or hell right there. The chances of anybody in this congregation right here living to the sound of the trumpet are slim to none. 
But they don't consider that because they got their eyes on that. They got their eyes on all these prophecy people. They ain't worried about having to endure to the end because they ain't got to endure to the end. They ain't got to worry about getting killed or beheaded for Jesus and making that hard, tough choice whether you're going to live or die because Jesus is going to come and snatch you out of here. You ain't got to worry about all that. You ain't got to worry about losing your head. You ain't got to worry about somebody turning you in to be killed. You ain't got to worry about that because they put all that mess out. You see? The biggest point to this entire message is the reasons why people like end-time prophecy and why they want end-time prophecy. Because this is the ultimate of them saying, prophesy not right things. Speak unto us smooth words. Tell me Jesus is coming to take me out of here like he did Elijah. Tell me you coming to get me like you did Enoch. Tell me I ain't got anything to endure. Nothing but the blessings of God. Tell me about the rapture. Well, Jesus loves us as we are. Right? When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, who readeth let him understand? When you see that, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Why? Because when you see the Antichrist speaking against this right here, but standing His feet in the temple of God, in the rebuilt temple of God. When you see that happen, standing where He ought not, amen, when you see that, then, buddy, you know, you better flee to the mountains. You better move because, buddy, God is fixing to rain on that parade. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. Jesus Himself said this. This is not second-hand information. This is the Master Himself. He didn't say woe to the children. He said woe to them that have the children. Because it ain't going to be near as hard on the child. That's going to happen like that with them. But what's going to be harder is for that mom and daddy to see it. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. Uh Uh-oh. Well, now you know this is one of them more scriptures where you've got to take it out of the book because this ain't right. We know that the Sabbath is not, you know, it's really not enforced anymore now. 
right here declares it is. This is at the end, folks. This is at the very end right here. This is, says, but pray ye that your flight be not in winter. Why? Because it's cold. Neither on the Sabbath day. You know what? This could also be speaking to it being in the winter of your life. Oh, like Sister Tara. Who for years now has been passing herself off as a young chick. Neither on the Sabbath day. Why not on the Sabbath day? Because the Bible said you're not to pick up any burden or anything like that. Pray that it don't happen on the Sabbath day. Because when this happens, it's time to move. Isn't that what the Lord said? For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. I don't know about you, but this one Scripture has got to be one of the scariest Scriptures in the entire Bible. And note that this is Jesus saying this, who knows all things. Before they happened, He knew them. He has seen every death. That's happened on this earth. Every torturous situation he's seen happen. He has seen all this. Notice also, too, that I'm going to go back for just a moment in your memory here for just a few minutes. And I want you to understand that the Lord said, they're going to deliver you up to the councils. Okay? To be beaten. And what? And they what? Shall kill you. Now, Brother Quick, we're going to have to revise the Word of God because we can't have all that. We can't be having all that because how could Jesus be killing His people? Who's He talking to here? Well, you know what they try to explain this away with? Have you ever heard them try to explain that mess away? They try to explain it away that, well, huh, you know what? You should have caught the first rapture. But you were left here, and now you're going to have to go through this to be saved. Yep. So now you're going to be the. Now there's going to be a third coming, not a second coming, but a third coming. So I, I want you to clearly understand death. of God's people to God. It's your reasonable service. You need to understand that. Jesus came and gave us example that we should walk as He walked. He died and so should we. 
Whether you die on your deathbed in the hospital, whether you die being tortured, whether you die by being beheaded, whether you die by whatever means necessary, the key to it is dying for...